If you are just getting started with the NGSS and 3D teaching, I want to invite you to check out Bring Wonder Back, an on-demand video series designed to help you understand why moving through the textbook and teaching topics is actually crushing your students' curiosity and what you can do instead. It's going to help you shift the work of learning where it belongs by building your understanding of explorations and discovery-based teaching practices. And finally, I'm going to help you take the first steps toward transforming your students into scientists through 3D learning, which is really what the NGS is all about. You can access this video series at iExploreScience/wonder and get ready to bring wonder engagement and a love for learning back to your science class. All right, to the show. Welcome to the Teaching Science in 3D podcast. My name is Nicole Van Tassel. And I'm Erin Sadler. And we are two science teachers dedicated to helping you cut through the confusion and meet the intent of the NGSS so you can master all three dimensions. The NGSS can seem totally overwhelming, but implementing these standards doesn't need to be. Hey guys, this is Nicole Van Tassel with your Thursday Thought this week. So I have heard the expression, and I'm sure you have too, whoever is doing the talking is doing the learning. I've heard it before, but okay, like what more do we know about that? And I mean, obviously the general gist is that we want active participants, but does the talking, like is that significant? So what do we, what do we know about this idea? What do we know about this um, way of learning, this phenomenon, this thing that happens? First of all, we know through extensive study like into how children learn and how adolescents learn that the primary ways our kids learn, that humans learn, honestly, a lot of mammals, um, is simply by observation, right? Babies up through adolescence, they learn through observation. We often learn through observation as we observe in you know, really great teaching strategies, or we observe how we watch a YouTube video about how to um, fix your washing machine, <laughs> whatever it is, we learn through observation, right? We also, humans, learn through listening. So by listening, to, children learn by listening to what adults say. And you see that impact when, you know, in those studies that look at vocabulary acquisition and reading ability, and the number of different words that are spoken in a household, right? The more words that are spoken, the easier it is for children to learn to read and to read and to um, develop vocabulary and all of that. So we know that what we're doing, what we're saying is relevant. Well, we know they're paying attention to it. Um, whether it's relevant or not, that's really up to them. So when what we are saying and what we are doing is relevant to our students, then for sure they are going to learn from it. You know, when it's not relevant to them, they tune us out. And that's why teaching as telling doesn't work. But on the flip side, you know, it is possible to learn through reading and videos and audio and all of that. Either way, when that learning is happening, so when they are tuned into what you're saying and to what you're doing, it is relevant to them and they are, are trying to learn from it. They want to learn from it. They're driven to that. The key here is that 
our students, our adolescents, our children, they aren't just passively taking in what we are doing. And there's so many different studies, and I would love to share some of those with you, but this is a Thursday thought, so I'm going to try to keep it short. Um, but if you have questions, I reach out and I will pass those on to you. But there are tons of studies that show that, that children and adolescents aren't just passively taking this information in. They're not just like hearing it and then replicating exactly what we do. They're actually dynamically involved. So they're taking what they hear and what they see and they're combining it with other information. So other things they've learned, believed, and experienced. And that's why the exploration phase of learning is so important because it really has to um, help them recreate new experiences to combine with the information that they are told or read or are supposed to understand, right? So our students hear what we say, they hear, they see what we do, but they're not just taking it at surface value. They are combining it with what they, what they know, what they've learned and their experiences. They're also just innovating with it. So they are taking that information and thinking about it differently. One of the like amazing things about children's brains and adolescents' brains is it is so plastic and it it doesn't just, it's not just plastic in the adaptability sense. It is much more open to trying new ideas, considering new approaches, um, and all of that than adults' brains. Our brains, because we've really cemented so many of the like neural connections, when we see a problem, we tend to lean into solving it in a way that we've solved it before. But young children and and middle age, you know, and adolescents, elementary, middle school, their brains haven't really solidified those to to that extent. It, I mean, preschool age is like all over, and then it does become more solidified as students age. Um, that said, there's this period of adolescence where the brain kind of reverts back to a preschool kind of level in, in some ways. So either way, younger people are better at taking something and innovating it and considering in all of these different avenues in different ways. So the point though is that they are taking what we give them and they are combining it with what they know and they are also adding in their own twists to it. They're thinking about it in different ways, using it to try new strategies or create new stories or use you know new techniques, develop new technology, even craft new explanations. So for all of that, the point here is that when we're talking, our students must be actively involved in the, well, I'm sorry, in our classrooms, our students must be actively involved in the process. And in that sense, it cannot just be us talking all the time. This is why it's whoever's doing the talking is doing the learning, because whoever's doing the talking is actively involved. In order to have our students actively involved, they need to be talking, they need to be thinking, they need to be engaged in the task. So they must be the ones who are having these conversations. And yes, there's a role for us to be involved in those conversations. It's a partnership, right? It's taking, it's meeting our students where they are. It's talking to them, listening to them, asking and answering why questions, helping our students, you know, we can model curiosity and model asking why questions. We can also sometimes answer those why questions when it's relevant to our students, when maybe they need some help figuring it out on their own. It's that balance, that back and forth, that's actually going to help our learners thrive. So if you look at your classroom and you look at who is doing the talking there, is it you in the form of lecture? Is it a textbook? 
in the form of here's all the words and you're going to read them. Is it um, a video or is it actually your students involved in a dynamic conversation? Because that's really where it needs to be. It needs to be the back and forth. If you want your students to be doing the learning, they need to be doing the talking. Thanks for joining me for this Thursday Thought. Hope it wasn't too rambly. I know I got a little bit uh, out and about, but I appreciate you tuning in. And I hope I gave you something to think about and just, you know, encourage you to take some time to reflect on your response to these ideas, as well as um, how you're carrying them out in your classroom. I'll catch you guys later. Have a good one. Making sure that your lessons are three-dimensional isn't always easy. While you don't need to include all three dimensions every single day, you do want to make sure that each dimension is regularly addressed. I developed a really simple 3D planner to help keep me focused. It helps me track which pieces I'm using in my daily lesson plans. It only takes me five minutes to fill out, and it helps me notice patterns in my own lesson planning. For example, when I first started using it, I noticed I wasn't including the cross-cutting concepts as often as I thought I was. Just by recognizing this, I was able to focus on this one piece and improve my lessons. Right now, you can grab the same template that I use for my own planning for free. Go to sadlerscience.com slash 3dplanner to grab yours. That's sadlerscience.com slash 3dplanner.